0: AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the home integration community for the home integration community. My name is Jeff Hayward. And today, we're going to talk AI and the connected home in the company of Peter Aylott and Rich Green. Welcome to the integrated home.
1: Introducing DBM, the premium AV distributor, bringing the highest quality video and audio to your clients. Here at DBM, we pride ourselves on providing customizable bespoke packages and invite you to join us through the entire process, ensuring a truly personalized experience. Our highly trained, experienced team members will ensure a seamless installation with support always at hand. Your journey to elevated AV integration starts today with DBM
0: so to explore ai and the connected home i'm joined by rich green all the way from silicon valley and peter Aylott, all the way from probably somewhere in sussex peter
1: indeed yeah probably not far from you in um quite sunny at the moment haywood Heath.
0: Excellent. So let's have a few credentials first. Peter, what what qualifies you to be on the Integrated Home podcast talking about AI and the connected home?
1: Well, I've kind of tried to persuade you not to have me on this podcast because the the other guest, Rich Green, is absolutely the expert. So I'm just probably going to be the only wise to his Eric Morecambe today and throw in a few silly bombs and see what happens. But either way, it'll all be good.
0: Good stuff. And, and you've been in the business for, I've, I've lost track of how many years you've been in this industry, Peter, but uh, you must have started in short trousers, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like when people ask me how kids how old my kids are, they're old enough that I've got to think about it. Um, <laughs> I started in, what, 1990, so do the math yourself, 33 years. Yeah, long time, long time. And Rich, you are also a
0: Goliath of this seedier world. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those who may not know you
2: a Goliath. No, I've I've never heard that description before. I started doing installations in 1978, and back then there was no custom installation. We kind of invented it. That was in a a small company called Audio Consultants in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, then I moved to Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Silicon Valley. And I had a company called The Audible Difference, and we, we were catering to some of the most interesting people you can imagine, on the Earth, and because of my relationship with these people, like Steve Jobs and Jim Clark and Larry Ellison and these characters, I got my head into uh, what it means to be in Silicon Valley, and what these discoveries mean for the future of our industry. And so I've, I've been doing a presentation for a long time called "Future Technologies: The Inside Scoop from Silicon Valley." Uh, I'm a CDF fellow, as is Peter. And uh, proud of it.
0: And AI, the media's just about discovered it this year. Everybody's talking about it. What is it, particularly in the context of the connected home? Do you want to answer that one, Rich?
2: Well, sure. Uh, Peter has a more colorful answer to that question. Um, I'll be a little bit more polite. Artificial intelligence is—it's uh, a huge change. In the course of human evolution, it's a big deal. And it became a very big deal in November of last year with OpenAI, ChatGPT going public. And suddenly it was on the lips of all the journalists and it's in the daily news. I finally, you know, I, I find it somewhat boring to talk about now because it's so pervasive and so ordinary. But we need to talk about it because it has profound implications for. How we live our lives in the context of Cedia, it's really not much more right now than a parlor trick. Um, it is a way to push buttons on control systems, but you use your voice to push the buttons. So, woohoo, big deal. Uh, that doesn't excite me or thrill me terribly. What does get me excited is when you start to see conversational AI from generative large language models where the control system that uses voice to push buttons can actually answer more complex and abstract questions. And that is, in fact, what Josh AI was showing at Expo in Denver this year with their Josh GPT product. So you could say, Josh, turn on the lights, lower the blinds, turn on the TV, watch some crap, and it'll do all that. And that's nothing very exciting. But then you can say, what was that movie that had that star that had a stutter? And I think he was flying an airplane. I mean, just you can come up with a totally weird, ambiguous query like that, and what it does is it reaches out to ChatGPT and it comes back with very plausible and reasonable answers. And said, "I think it's this movie. Would you like me to play it for you?" Now it becomes much more interesting and useful.
0: Peter, give me a more colorful—if it can be more colorful than that—answer.
1: I'll be uncharacteristically restrained. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, I don't know it was it was an ISE or an expo. They all the shows blend into one big blur for me these days. But Rich and I did a little 20-minute booth talk on the CD booth called AI is BS. And I think it's really interesting that we're we're here talking about what does AI even mean, but yet we're selling it to our customers. So we're going out there selling something to our customers that we can't actually describe what it is. And currently, um, I mean, AI, of course, it's going to change the world. It's going to change the course of humanity. It's the biggest paradigm in humanity since humanity basically we don't know what's going to happen uh very clever man called ray Kurzweil. he made his money because he invented optical character recognition he then spent a lot of his money setting up the media labs at mit he's written a book called the singularity is near and his definition of the singularity is an epoch in human evolution where one single artificial intelligence exceeds the combined intelligence of humanity And we have no idea what's gonna happen, but it will be profound. But I just think currently, exactly as Rich said, it's a parlor trick. Once upon a time, um, do you remember nothing was smart and then everything was smart. And if it didn't have the word smart on it, we didn't buy it. And now, well, smart, oh, that's just so passe. You know, everything's smart. So everything's got to be AI. And if it doesn't have AI on it, we're not gonna buy it. So AI is a marketeer's dream. But as an industry, you know, we we still need to go back to our customers. We still need to inject some humanity and we still need to go through discovery and we still need to figure out how might we use technology in the built environment to enhance the human condition. And, yeah, AI will be profound. But at the moment, I don't think we as an industry really knows what it means apart from it's probably quite cool. Well,
0: that Josh AI... Uh, example you gave did sound quite cool to me. Are there any other examples or instances of AI being used today?
2: Well, yes. Uh, Savant made a awkward announcement at Expo that they are continuing with their AI program in the form of Siri. So they're they're just leveraging Siri on the Apple platform and using. Siri with certain scripts to reach into home controls so that you know Siri can push buttons. So sorry, Rich,
1: I just need to quickly turn off all my Apple devices because you keep saying the S-word. And all the Apple devices on my desk are lighting up like a Christmas tree expecting you to ask them something.
2: They're always listening. So uh savant is in the game, they're leveraging the S-word from Apple. And uh, I think that's great because there's some deep capability there. And, And, you know, Cedia is a tiny, tiny industry. We are just a little fleck, you know, of nothingness in the grand world of technology. So when you look at companies like OpenAI and Apple and Google and Facebook and the others, they have the resources to do real AI. And their mission The clearly stated mission of OpenAI with Sam Altman at the head is to create an AGI, an artificial general intelligence. In other words, an AI that resembles human intellect, human reasoning, human brain capacity. And they feel like they may have that within three years. You know, Ray Kurzweil was saying, oh, maybe 2040. Oh, maybe the year 2030. (laughs) Now OpenAI is saying... Well, maybe in about three years. So when we have this capacity inside the home, it also carries with us through the day. So when you've got a small company like Josh.ai or Savant leveraging the work of these gigantic multi-billion dollar corporations, all of a sudden we get pretty interesting we can start to do interesting things. There's a a programmer who wanted to see what he could do to have ChatGPT write the code that would create automated Siri scripts to automate his home. And he did that, and he didn't write any code. ChatGPT wrote the code. So the new programming language, as I like to say, is English. You just give it an English command and with a structured series of prompts, and it'll write the code that will communicate with Siri and HomeKit and automate your home. He did that in about four hours, and he had a completely automated home with abstract reasoning and complex queries, uh, very much like you can do with Josh AI. He did that in four hours. Now, if you think back to a typical CEDIA integrator. Whoa, if we were to attempt that, it would take years of research. We'd have to charge hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars for the product, much the same like we do with Crestron and Savant Systems. Well, those days are going to be over pretty soon because AI has these very powerful resources available to us on demand. It's like AI as a service. You just rent your few seconds on AI, you get the job done. So I think that's the profound change we're going to see in our industry is the fact that we now have access to and can leverage what these multi-billion dollar corporations are doing for other reasons, but we're going to take it and run with it.
1: What do you think, Peter? Where do you think it's going to go? I think, I think eventually it's going to change everything. And we keep talking about ChatGPT. I just had to Google it because I'd forgotten what GPT stands for uh, it stands for generative pre-trained transformer i mean who knew and that isn't ai as such it's a step it is it is a form of ai it is a it is a manifestation of what we're going to see in the future but it's it's going to replace brain power it really is as simple as that and if you look at all the art now coming out of these sort of generative art models it could replace artists you can ask it to write a song. It writes a damn good song. You know, will it will it ever re- replace human creativity? I mean, we we don't know. Um, but there's so many potential applications. I was talking to a couple of audio people at Expo about what's gonna happen with large language models and let's say audio calibration. You could be sitting there and just say, I'd like the bass a bit tighter. You know, could you make it a bit softer? Maybe take the edge off the treble. The system will interpret those words. It will then have the measurements of the room, and it will give you a different sound. And you just keep talking to the system until you've got the sound the way you want. You don't need any expertise. You don't need any audio training. You just need to be able to listen. So I think, ultimately... AI will change everything. And certainly in terms of doing our work for us, saving us time, well, there's there's the big humanity question, isn't it? You know, is AI going to take over? And I know this is an audio-only podcast, and I'm kind of doing the takeover with you know fingers on either side of my head, but we just don't know what's going to happen. But I think it is absolutely totally frightening um, how quickly it's gonna happen. I mean A year ago, none of us had even heard of GPT or ChatGPT. And now we're on ChatGPT4 and soon we're going to have five and then there'll be six. And every single time it just gets more and more and more and more powerful. So I don't think we've seen anything yet. I I heard someone say the phrase that there are two types of companies in the world. There are companies that have an AI strategy and there are companies that have no future.
0: Well, wow. I was going to say we talk a lot in our industry about personalised experiences and making the home intuitive to its occupants and and learning from them and ad- adapting to them to make that personalised experience even more profound. Do you think AI is going to assist in that process?
1: Well, I'll I'll say controversially, I think we like saying that as an industry, but I'm not sure we really do it. I see most integrators out there spec products and that is their aim in life to spec products. You know, here, here, Mr. Customer, here's a control system. Um, How many tellies do you want? Do you want Dolby Atmos? That's the limit of their discovery with the clients. And I think we need to get better than that. But if you take some really profound things we can do, take someone with either a physical or a cognitive deficiency, um, cognitive, let's say Alzheimer's or or vascular dementia, there are some ridiculous applications, just phenomenal applications for AI on the horizon, that will help people stay more independent, more dignified in their own homes, and that's that's a dream. That's absolutely wonderful. So I think we we always need to go back to how are we enhancing the human condition of our clients. You know, AI is a tool, and ultimately it will be pervasive. But as a tool, we need to use it sympathetically. We need to understand it. We need to understand the benefits. But the other dark side of AI is the reality is, is that that de- you know that deaf, dumb, and blind kid might play a mean pinball, but that deaf, dumb, and blind AI is a brick. And in order for AI to be I, intelligent, it needs input. And to get input, it's going to need sensors and it's going to need to know about us and it's going to need to tie all the different parts of our lives together. So where where does that privacy, well, it's, not, it's less of a security thing and more of a privacy thing. Where does that privacy line lay? And we're going to have to have some very hard conversations with our customers because a lot of AI is just going to be used to sell a ship as Facebook does, as all the social media platforms, they are there to sell us stuff. And AI is going to be leveraged to sell us stuff. And they still need to figure out the commercial models for this. Is it freemium? So they carry on selling us stuff and sell our data. Do we pay a subscription for it to have our data a bit more secure? But either way, where on that spectrum are our clients going to sit do they want huge amounts of privacy, in which case the AI is going to be deaf, dumb and blind? Or are they willing to give away a little bit of that privacy to give the AI data to then make intelligent decisions about how it can enhance our life? I, I don't know the answer to this, but there are some profound questions coming up for our industry.
0: What do you think, Rich? Do you think it Peter's right to be a little bit wary of the threats coming down the line?
2: <laughs> I love the deaf, dumb and blind thick as a brick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> there's a lot to th- <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. AI is inevitable. We're not going to stop it. I think that there is going to be more good than bad, but there will be bad. And I think that AI will become personal and private and initially there's going to be a decision for people to make the same decision they make whether they dive into facebook or not uh, i've chosen not to i don't do any of that stuff because i know what their business model is and it's not not to my liking but at some point we're going to need to make a decision to move forward with an ai that gets involved with our personal lives and it will do that using contextual awareness with the benefit of sensors. And we got sensors loaded into our computers, tablets, phones, thermostats, lights. Our friend Christian Bukas from South Africa did a brilliant presentation a few years ago called on mass sensorization. And when he did that, I thought, that's kind of odd. Why is Christian so focused on mass sensorization? What's this all about? And now I realize he was way ahead of the curve. In order for AI to be truly useful, it has to understand the context of our lives. This is where we come in. This is what Cedia does. We're the people who install those sensors around the house, and so we're there. Will be an integrated approach where we trust an AI to become our personal AI, and in, in a few years, it will become our personal AGI, artificial general intelligence, and it'll start reasoning on our behalf, and it will whisper. Answers in our ears because we're going to be wearing earbuds and it will project images and words and context onto our eyeballs by virtue of augmented reality glasses. We're going to get to a point where we really would rather not live without this personal AGI. It's kind of like your own guardian angel or a really good butler. You know, it's always listening and it's always prompting you for the right answer. I think that would be extremely useful. Think of it as a memory prosthetic. It will capture everything that's going on around you. We used to call this life logging like 10 years ago. And it will capture everything that's going on around you and be your memory for you. So if you can't remember this person's name, it's got it for you. So I'm looking forward to that day. We're a few years away. We're going to have to have general adoption of augmented reality glasses and earbuds. And we're going to have to have some sense of trust in the sensor networks that we're deploying. But I think that's where we're heading. And it's going to have profound implications for what CDA people do in, in terms of enhancing people's lives using control systems in their homes and in their lives.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, of, I don't know who's seen that film Wally, where humanity is on a spaceship because the Earth is a wasteland and people don't have to walk, they don't have to cook, they don't have to clean they don't have to think they just exist is is ai going to make us more stupid or is it actually going to make make us cleverer
2: no it's going to make us brilliant <laughs> I, i'm very i'm very <laughs> optimistic about this <laughs> think about kids kids are going to have a private tutor that knows their learning approach and guides them into a vast world of knowledge that a lot of school teachers can't even tap into. I think this is going to change the course of evolution because it will alter the way children learn and their minds will explode with this. The kids are going to go crazy with this. I'm very, very optimistic about how positive of an impact this is going to be on education. It's not going to rot their brains. Their brains are going to go wild with curiosity. So I'm cool with that. But just to give you a, a sense of what I've been reading about, of how quickly this will happen and it could happen really powerfully, uh, I stumbled onto a tool that's in development. It's being funded by Microsoft called Task Matrix. And uh, just look it up. The Task Matrix paper is a profound paper because what they do is they give AI agency in the physical world by virtue of connecting it with millions of APIs, application programming interfaces. So in terms of mechanics and what the children are going to be learning about how to leverage and use AI, well they're going to become prompt engineers. And writing prompts is quite the art and classes are already being taught on prompt writing using tools like COT, Chain of Thought, and there's a new one called AOT, Algorithm of Thought, which is highly structured ways of writing the prompts in an incremental way that gets the most out of the AI so it doesn't go far afield and start hallucinating. With this TaskRabbit facility, it's not published yet. It's it's a paper. It's a technical paper that you can download and read. What they're saying is because of access to all these APIs, well, then the AI has agency in the real world. So an API for a robotic arm, an API for a robotic vacuum cleaner, an API for a thermostat, an API for a garage door opener, an API for a robot. And you can see where this is going. So uh, they have an API for a laptop computer that will type on your keyboard and move your mouse around. So if you can, using Task Matrix, you can, in a very uh, complex formula say, okay, let's write a PowerPoint presentation on AI for Cedia. And I'd like to use this font and no slide the graphics a little bit more over to the right. Thank you. That looks good. Okay. Now let's put in a section about artificial general intelligence. Please give me a three point summary on AGI. Okay. Thank you. Let's add a fourth point. And what's happening is it's typing on your keyboard and it's moving your mouse and creating the PowerPoint as you talk to it. This can happen right now. So I think that when we have something like task matrix, you've got the core of the bits and pieces that come together and create AGI. Artificial general intelligence is when the foundation models, as they call them, start to join into a coherent, uniform, larger model. Foundation model is like an LLM, a large language model. A foundation can be a text to speech. A foundation model can be text to imagery, text to movies, text to music. Those are all different foundation models. When we can join them together and then give them physical agency by virtue of APIs into robots and garage doors and so on, now we start to get into a very interesting, coherent environment where really we're only limited by our imaginations. When will this go public? When will we have access to these tools? I would say it's within the next year or so. And smart guys like Alex Capisolatro from Josh AI, he's already digging into stuff like this. I can't say for certain if he's using task matrix, but he knows these people that are developing these things. And I'm sure he's thinking along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Josh can push buttons and turn on lights and adjust thermostats. It's just a matter of time to give these AIs more physical agency in the real world. And then they have their own sensors, that continue to improve upon themselves and they get a sense of awareness and abstract reasoning. So there you go. It's gonna happen.
1: Every time I I talk to Rich about this, I learn something new and I get inspired. I remember a conversation with we Rich years and years and years ago, and we were having a conversation in the Cedar Technology Council around what does the post-app era look like? What 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 is after apps? And it sounds like the post-app. Era is the task matrix API era. Mm. That's, you know, perhaps that's it. We need to figure this stuff out. Learn, read, learn, and read some more.
2: Yeah, I was talking to a lot of people at Expo in Denver, and one company in particular, very, very close to us and near and dear to my heart, was very inquisitive about AI. What can we do? What should we be reading? Give me some books, give me some white papers. And I gave them kind of a reading list this company probably employs i don't know 80 people maybe 100 people and i said you need somebody on staff right now full time ai that's all they do is figure out ai and the implications for your company they're reading they're learning they're testing prompt writing they're they're becoming masters at the tools that are available inside your company you've got to have an ai full time Dedicated person, possibly even a department if it's a large enough company, or you will not survive. Your competitors will do it. And so we have no choice. Dive in, head first, swim in it, learn everything you can about it, make mistakes, make it break, let it break you. That's all fine. We've got no choice but to move forward aggressively with AI.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to ask one more question. Peter mentioned Wally which movie do you think most accurately describes the future that we will end up in?
2: Terminator. 2001, A Space Odyssey. I'm sorry, Rich. I can't let you say that answer. There's a personal AI circulating here in Palo Alto. It started here in Palo Alto called Pi, P-I. And so um, I've been having a conversation with Pi, and, and I asked it, I said, why did HAL 9000 kill its human uh, crew? And it came back with an answer that was surprisingly accurate. It's about the optimization function of the AI. And HAL was programmed to succeed in the mission at all costs. And so it figured, ah, well, let's get rid of the humans. They're going to screw this up. So we have to (laughs) be very careful about what optimization functions we boil into or bake into, I should say, the AIs that we're working with. And we as integrators need to be kind of a filter for the clients that we're working with to make sure we're not bringing evil crap into their homes. Uh, That's going to take some effort, but we have to do it. So, yeah, I don't think it's dystopian. I don't think the future is dystopian. Uh, I think we have other dystopian threats to deal with. (laughs) But um, I think if we dive in and take an optimistic view, I think we're going to have a fantastic future with AI.
0: like to leave it on an optimistic note. Thanks both. That was really fascinating conversation. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of AWE, Sony, and distributed by Meridian. We support, together for cinema. We are a Wildwood Plus production. The integrated home supports Together for Cinema. Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. In these special places, children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that, we need your help. Visit Togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.